0: Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Everybody ready for tonight? Thank you, Lord. Well, we have to move in. We hired a good moving company. I think I want to go back just a little bit
1: Okay.
0: hey (laughs) hopefully I can do this sitting down it's very uncharismatic I don't know can spirit-filled people sit and minister (laughs) I guess Jesus sometimes sat and taught the people but that was before Pentecost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Good to have everybody here tonight. Uh, we want to uh, talk about some things in particular uh, that I was uh, stirred about and led by the Lord to, to minister on tonight. And, and specific, specifically, that's healthy habits uh, to a successful marriage or for a successful marriage. All right, and uh, and so because of the subject matter, I thought uh, I should enlist the help of my wife
1: (laughs) because
0: I need help on the subject. (laughs) And uh, uh, no one, I I believed it was right to do that just by you know leading and so forth. But the other side is you know there's definitely a an element of perspective that men have that women have uh, husbands have wives have and getting both perspectives is helpful mm-hmm. beneficial she's likely to say things that I wouldn't say although in our preparation we've kind of both uh, prepared separately and then got together and we like made a lot of the same points so uh, I guess living together for a while and uh, a little while. you know be Being married is what I mean by that. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, We're not shacked up. Uh, uh, You do start to think a lot alike, uh, more and more, the more time you spend with someone. And so uh, anyway, it's a good thing. Praise God. So when when we're thinking about um, healthy habits for a successful marriage, uh, you know, we all have habits. Yeah, you have habits. Say, I'm habit free. No, (laughs) no, you're not. Uh, We all have habits—good habits, sometimes bad habits. um, But those are the things that we instinctively do without, you know, much effort, (laughs) without much, without much thought put into it. We've kind of established routines, and uh, a lot of these uh, habits have been learned Mm -hmm. from observation, from being around. When it comes to how we do marriage, how we do relationships. Uh, a lot of it comes from where we grew up and right. things we witnessed all those years or the lack thereof of what, what we witnessed. And some of that just kind of gets in us without us really even trying to put them in. As we grow and mature and we recognize right ways, wrong ways, hopefully we can eliminate some of the, the, the negative habits that, or the, the ones that are unhealthy, if we could say yeah. it that way. Uh, but definitely we all have habits. Some we have on purpose and some we don't okay now obviously any of us can establish new habits in our lives and and probably all of us have in some areas we've decided i want to do this and we've done it long enough and now we're on autopilot and uh, if those are good habits then then great they become our our normal our our new way of, of of being um, many of us did not uh, grow up with great role, role models as far as what a biblical or godly marriage uh, should be. If you fall into that category, you're not the only one. Some people do have an advantage in that. Yeah. You know, our hope is to give our kids an advantage yeah. uh, you know, by showing them a healthy relationship. Um, but wherever you came from, that doesn't matter. In fact, Amy had an interesting
1: yeah, uh, upbringing. Uh, for the first eight years of my life, I was in a, in a home where I learned everything not to do. <laughs> but I wouldn't have known that had I not gone to a different home then later and learned what a good, um, godly marriage does look like. But um, also just so that, you know, you're talking about how we bring habits into our marriage, things that maybe we, we saw modeled, and maybe they're not correct. But I I do want to encourage you that just because you have some bad habits or you you saw some bad habits, that doesn't mean you have to have those. You are not your past. And I, I firmly believe that just because statistically, I would not be here right now. And so I know that God is faithful and the Holy Spirit is our helper and we can change and be great spouses.
0: Absolutely. And uh, one of the things we often don't do is recognize bad habits. (laughs) We're doing them and we don't even know we're doing them. And uh, someone from the outside might recognize it, but they don't often see us in real life. And uh, by the way, real life is not in here. (laughs) Real life is when you're at home. (laughs) Real life, uh, that's, that's when we find out who you really are. Some of you, you know, we all know how to put on a good face, right? And I'm not saying that you ought to come to church with your worst <laughs> or go out in public. Nevertheless, what we want to deal with is, is who we really are at home. And, uh, and that's why, you know, when it comes to qualifications for ministry, uh, it's always interesting in Scripture. The list does not include how well you preach and how well you greet people and how well you speak in public. The list has to do with how you handle your your spouse, your spouse, your home life, your kids, what, is your, what, what does that do those things look like? Because mm-hmm. that's the real lust. If you can do it at home, you, can, you qualify for, for being used of God. Uh, but healthy is what we want, and again, sometimes we don't recognize that, that some of the negative habits. I was thinking about our, our dog, <laughs> and uh, you know, our dog has a little food dish and the the a the little water dish. He's a mm-hmm. small indoor, indoor dog. And, uh, and sometimes he runs out of water, and, you know, we don't always catch it immediately, and so he gets thirsty. So when, <coughs> when the water comes, he drinks way too much and way too fast. And then a couple, you know, a few seconds later, he's coughing up a puddle onto the floor because <laughs> he drank too much. <laughs> and we can't stop him from doing that. He does it every time.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean the only way sometimes we pour it in there, we let him drink, you know, and we pull him back, hold it, hold it, wait, wait, wait. We let him go, and boom, goes right back and drinks, drink, 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 <coughs> and then then <coughs>, coughs it up. I mean, you can pour him a little bit of water; he drinks that, and then he looks at you because he wants more. He won't learn. Bad habit. All I can say is, I hope we can be smarter than our dog. <laughs> that if we've been doing stuff, and holy smokes, the same thing over and over and over again, we keep creating the same problems for ourselves, and yet we keep doing the same thing. You understand with the dog, kind of.
1: <laughs>
0: we shouldn't, we shouldn't accept, uh, accept ourselves that way and allow ourselves to keep doing the dumb, same dumb things. But healthy habits, uh, kind of some of the way um, these things work is they're not instantaneous fixes. I believe there'll be some instant change here at, towards the end. Uh, but most of what we are thinking about is gradual. Think about a healthy diet. How I many you know if you're unhealthy, you've got health limitations and problems, you're not going to go eat a salad and feel better. Right. Give me a plate of vegetables, and I'll be healed. No, uh, help. You know, a good diet and exercise is a long-term goal, long-term plan for for long-term uh, health. Right? A lot of times, what we do in our relationships are that way as well. Mm-hmm. We're we're just going to do it without a whole lot of results right away. But we're it we do things because it's right, because it's healthy. Amen. All right. So let's go. What we we like I said we collaborated a little bit on some of our, our our lists and amazing a lot of them were the same and some of them were just worded different. So we're just kind of going to go back and forth with our 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 list of healthy things.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, one of the first things is that in our marriage we want to seek first the kingdom and. I know that we can say that, we have memorized memorize the verse. and but what does that look like in real life? I know that. before we even got married, we took a walk one day, probably to TCBY, I think we were. And um, we were talking about some different things, and, you know, I think he's trying to figure out if we're on the same page and all that. But one of the things we talked about in that conversation was, in our marriage, the word of God will always have the last say. So if there's something maybe we don't agree on or, or something like that, you know, we've talked about it, we can't come to an agreement, well, what does the word say? That's, that's going to be the final word. And um, so, that, you know, that, it could be, look like that, but especially it looks like doing godly principles in your life. Do you tithe? Because whether you realize it or not, your tithing affects your marriage. It does. And... Um, you know, uh, the, one of the other things that we've always done in our life, and even if we weren't in ministry, we would do this, is we plan our, our life, our schedule around church, not we fit church in when we can. And so, so we, we make kingdom things first in our marriage. And um, so that's, that's our number one.
0: Well, that's your number one. That's my, my number Yeah. <laughs> and my number one was very similar to that. The first thing I thought, I thought of was uh, go to church together. Amen. Go to church together. That might seem like, well, that's not that big of a marriage tip. I, I tell you, it's a lot bigger than you realize. Mm-hmm. Statistically speaking, it is a fact that people who go to church regularly together, they overcome uh, marital problems in their lives at a fi- far higher rate than those who don't. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you, when you, often when people have trouble, uh, some of those things are the first to go. And, and if I was the devil, that's what I'd get you to do. <laughs> if I wanted to destroy your marriage, I'd try to get you out of church and get you out of going together, break up the, the unity there. But, uh, uh, you know, we don't have to follow the trends of our, of our society. We're going to church once or twice a month. It becomes our our habit. That might be a societal trend, but that's a losing trend. It really is. That's, that, that's, a, that's a very unhealthy habit. You want to be in a place as husband and wife where, where God can speak to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and someone could argue and say, well, God can speak to us anyway, anywhere. Okay. Take you and your failed marriage and believe that. Uh, <laughs> did I say that in a harsh way? <laughs> of course, he can speak to you any, anywhere, but this is one of the places he does. And he's able to get to uh, us the things that we need in different ways through different people. Mm-hmm. And to cut off that supply is just really not wisdom. It's not, it, it's not healthy. And, and so um, I think we need to stay in a place where God can speak to us. Also, when, when God's things and the church is a priority in people's, uh, in their personal lives and in their marriage, the relationships that are established there can be lifesavers. A lot of times people have trouble and they're on their own. They're not close enough to anyone where they could talk to them, where they could actually open up and reveal, or they don't have good enough relationships where they actually know people who know God actually know people who will direct them back to the word, who will give them godly counsel and wisdom and get in their business when they're about to totally blow it. I mean, don't we need friends like that? I'm not saying you can't have friends like that outside of church, but I'm saying those who are serving God, those who are in the family of God are most likely to give you the best advice, the best counsel, the best prayer, the best wisdom. And it just makes a lot of sense. God is right when he said, seek, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. And everything else would be added to you. And uh, uh, it's just like Amy said, I know we're in ministry. And you, you could say, well, you guys have to go to church together.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> well.
1: Not, not really. I wouldn't w- have to go all the time. You do. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> that doesn't, it's does not, a, not it, an it's, automatic.
0: Yeah. It's really not related to being in, in ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were both this way independent of each other. And uh, if she was not a church goer, we wouldn't have been married. Or if I would have, was not a church goer, not just a saved person, not just believer, but active, yes, worshiping, giving, serving, worshiping, active. In, uh, she wouldn't have been interested in me either. Okay. And, but those things are foundations. They're just habits. And they make all the difference in the world. It, it's not only important to be in church. It's important to be in the right church.
2: That's
0: right. People don't, don't recognize sometimes that God assigns them. God, God directs them, and, and, and when they don't, they don't see the leading of the Lord there, they think, well, you know, I can just go, go anywhere. Well, people all day long, they don't realize they're doing it, maybe, at the moment, but they sacrifice their marriage for a higher-paying job. some other perks. They live in a different part of the country. Like, I want to live by my family. I want to do this or this or this. And they, and they give up the place that God has them in, that the Lord has them in, where the supply of His Spirit and His wisdom and His uh, you know, direction for their life is coming.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Say, well, I'm going to make 25% more if, if I take this job in this other city. And that will solve so many of our marital strife problems if we have a little bit more money. I know, but when you only get half of it, 25% less is more than half of your income.
1: Is everybody with me
0: on that? Okay. Alimony. Uh. <laughs> Divorce lawyers. Stay in, the, stay in God's will and trust Him in this regard. Someone said, what, what if my spouse won't go to church? What if they won't go with me? Well, first of all, one's better than zero. Okay. Um, if you're, if you're the, the husband, if you're the man of your house, just make the decision. <laughs> Say, I'm going to, you have the conversation with the family. Say, I believe the Lord has put me as the head of this home. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so this is the kind of family I'm going to lead. This is what we're going to do. Period. I know some are saying, well, what if they don't go? Well, you're not going to physically make someone, but you are going to be the leader
2: mm-hmm. and
0: say, this is, this is the way I'm leading this home, and, uh, and this, is, this is what we're going to do. Right. I know there are some awkward situations out there where, you know, uh, what if a, a wife says, my husband won't, won't let me go? Well, you go anyway because husband and Lord are not the same. Right. Yeah. Jesus is Lord. You, you, you go anyway. You don't neglect him. Don't go seven nights a week. <laughs> And neglect a family. There's those kind of things. you got to do the right thing. But uh, but you you got to keep the, the flow of the Spirit of God into your heart and life and, and mm-hmm. be involved in what God's doing. And then pray and believe. Yes. Amen. Let's do number two. This is one I want to talk uh, about, yeah, number, number one all night. T-
1: number two is spend time together. Um, I know that sounds like a given, but... Um, you know, we have spent a lot of time together over the course of our marriage, which is somewhat unusual, but uh, we've we work we've worked together and um, just, you know, done a lot, of, a lot of our life has been together. And um, it's, it's really healthy, I believe, to spend as much time as possible together. If you have a spouse that you don't really want to spend that much time with, Yikes.
0: Well, it wasn't always that way if it is that way now.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. When you were dating, you wanted to spend time with them. And uh, I know um, we were kind of talking about this a little bit, and how sometimes people get on different work schedules. And they, they do it maybe for their kids or something. But it's, it's like you, um, you're working. One person's working night shift, and the other person's working the day shift. And you see each other for 10 minutes in passing every day. Not and healthy. No, it's not healthy at all. And, you know, I, I think we, we need to pray and believe God and, and strive for something better because you need to be on the same schedule as your spouse and, um, you know, be able to free up some time so that you can do life together, spend time together. And, you know, to, I know you're going to talk about that, so I won't say it, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, But, no, it's important, and I think sometimes we elevate, um, you know, you say you're doing it for the kids, but if you're going to lose your marriage in the process, that's not helping your kids. And so I know things happen, you know, there's seasons, but don't don't get stuck into believing that your life always has to be that way. And also, be willing to live on a little bit less if it's healthy for your marriage. I think sometimes we think we have to keep up with the Joneses. I'm looking at the Life Group catalog this Sunday, <laughs> laughing because our daughter is doing a financial piece, and it's, there's a quote in there saying, why are you trying to keep up with the Joneses? They're broke. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, they might look like they have stuff, but it's, their credit cards are all maxed up. and So anyway, really, just be willing to live unless your job is not your source, and um, your marriage is suffering if you're not spending time together.
0: Yeah, and so the word there is not, if you're out on opposite schedules, uh, go out tomorrow and quit your job.
1: <laughs> well, no. Because
0: Miss Amy said. <laughs>
1: I didn't. But, I said, believe God.
0: But yeah, and that's, and that's the word. You get in faith together again. You get in faith together immediately and say, we're going to trust God to change this so we can spend more time together. Again, marriage was meant to be done together. hmm Not just in passing, not just uh, on occasion, but uh, a majority of your life. When I wrote my second point, it was very similar. And it was eat together, sleep together, go on dates. That's the point. (laughs) Date each other, Mm -hmm. but eat together. How often do you eat meals together? If you can systematize that, that, it's a good habit. It's a good habit. Yeah. No agenda, you're just eating. But that's where conversations happen that don't always happen in any kind of structured way. You're just enjoying, you're just doing life. Uh, I, I've laughed many times with our, uh, when we do staff meetings around here at the church. I've said sometimes we have a, an hour long staff meeting dealing with all the different things and then some of us go out to lunch and then, all, and then we, have, we get more done at lunch than we do in the meeting. It's so like, what's up with that? I don't know. Something about food. <laughs> Sometimes it's, and, and anyway, husbands and wives should do that. Eat together when you, most, as much as you can. Uh, sleep, sleep together. What do I mean by that? <laughs> well, of course we mean sleep in the same bed uh, and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, but also, I'll just tell you, our habit is we go to bed at the same time. Vast majority of the time. What are you laughing about? Well,
1: I'm laughing because I don't really pay attention to the time that much. So (laughs) I could, if he's gone, sometimes I'm at at 2 o'clock in the morning thinking, why am I so tired? And then I realize, oh, it's bedtime. And, but, so when I know when he starts getting ready, he's a routine, when he starts getting ready, I'm like, bedtime. (laughs) So it's my, it's my alarm.
0: Sometimes doing that, conversations happen and different things and. Not for very long, because it doesn't work with me. I fall asleep. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. And, and the whole, just the whole date thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been married over uh, 27 years. And uh, so I don't know if we qualify to give advice yet. Maybe, uh, but we'll try. Uh, but one of the things we've done for 27 years is we go out every week. Just us. Mm-hmm. Okay, occasionally some others, but majority of the time just us. And occasionally it gets interrupted, but the vast majority of the time. We don't go months without, without having, having our date. Right. We just do it. And over the years, we've recommended that different people. And everyone we've told said, yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that. And, and the majority of those who have told us that say, yeah, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> years, years later, they never start doing that. So... It's not a Bible verse, right? I'm not commanding you, I just think it's a good healthy habit right. to do that.
1: Well, another thing, part of that are both of our points in spending time together is vacations. I mean, how many times we work so hard on this vacation, we take our whole family, but we don't make it a priority to take vacation or just to get away, just as husband and wife. And those are some really good, refreshing, refocusing times too.
0: Yep. Good. Number three.
1: Um, OK, number three is uh, let God be your source. And I think so many well, it's not so many times. sometimes, when people get married, they think that their spouse is going to be their fulfillment and, and their provision and Their happiness, and they look to a natural source for those things. But really, we're never going to get those things from another person. Those things only come from the Lord. He's our provision. He's our provide. I mean, our um, fulfillment, our happiness, all of the joy that we, um, you know, true joy, true fulfillment comes from Him and having a relationship with Him. And then when that is strong. Then we can bring another person alongside and we can be a strong mate, a strong um, complement to one another. But if we don't do it like that, one person ends up being a leech on the other person and it's really a drain on the relationship, a drag. It's like you're pulling like dead weight or something. And I, I think this is one of those things you're talking about with we have bad habits, we don't realize it. We don't realize that we are looking to someone else to fulfill us when we should be looking to the Lord to fulfill us.
0: Yeah. My, my, my point was uh, related to that. So my number three, if everyone's writing, you have two lists here, I guess. <laughs> but mine is personal spiritual activity. A good habit that's going to help even save a marriage is that each individual has their own personal spiritual disciplines and activity, meaning they're in the Word, they have a prayer life. That can't be on one person, okay? Mm -hmm. In order to make a marriage all that it ought to be, you need two strong individuals, two mature individuals. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, one is better than two. Don't throw in the towel and say, well, they're never going to do it. They're never going to pray. All they do is watch TV. You know, or whatever. Well, one's better than zero. But ideally there you get two strong people, two mature people. And I tell you, if you have that, you got two individuals who know the word, they have a prayer life, they're in communication with the Father all the time. There's not a problem you can't overcome. Mm-hmm. Nothing that is thrown your way, no kind of challenge that comes against you, or even conflict between you. You're gonna get through it and overcome all of it. It's one of the best long-term solutions. In other words, um, Amy is far better off if I have a good relationship with God. Absolutely. And I'm not doing it for her, per se. I'm doing it because that's who I should be. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm far better off if she is strong, if she is close to the Lord, has an active spiritual life, and, and she is dedicated and in the word and prayer. It's just, she's a better person. I'm a better person. We get along easier. If we don't, we'll be nicer about it. <laughs> Y'all staring at me kind of strange. <laughs> I think it's a, it, it's a pretty important point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, uh, it's important. It's like in some situations where one person is addicted to a substance or an activity or a behavior. Uh, how many know that's a problem?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But what, ha- what needs to happen to resolve that situation? That person needs to get free. They do. The marriage is never going to be optimal while someone's addicted. Now, they may need help and so forth. And, but I think the effort goes to creating two individuals who are strong. Then the relationship can be strong. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. All right, go number four.
1: Okay, number four, be on the same page. And uh, this is in relation to so many things in life, but um, specifically child-rearing philosophies. You know, if you've got one, if your kids know they can play you against each other or they know that Hmm. dad's always going to say yes and mom's always going to say no, we're kind of a yes and no, (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) But... But if they know that, they're always going to go to the yes. Or, you know, you have one that believes in in um, spanking and one that doesn't. Well, how do you reconcile that? You you have to come to some type of agreement beyond be the same page. Um, goals. You know, if one person want, has a goal to uh, save, you know, for retirement so they can live in their dream home, and the other person wants to have their dream home now, well, that's not really gonna work out so well. Uh, you know, and spending, spending, you know, being on the same page with your spending, what are we gonna spend our money on? Um, you're working a lot of your life to get it, and, and so it, it's a good idea to be in agreement where it's gonna go, instead of one person being a spender and the other person being frustrated all the time, so it's important to be on the same page.
0: Yeah, and my, my number four was very much in line with that, and I wrote it this way, make decisions together. You wanna have a healthy habit? Make it a habit of making decisions together. You know, the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one. Well, two are better than one in multiple ways, how about two brains, <laughs> two perspectives, two people seeking God, two people with faith, two, pe- two, are, two are better than one in so many ways. But what happens is if we have a, uh, an unhealthy habit, one person's making all the decisions or the other person, you're making them separately and not taking advantage of the gifts in, that are in both of you, the wisdom that is there um, uh, when you when you work together. And that includes, you know, like Amy said, financial decisions—you uh, know, decisions about homes, about where you're going to live, decisions regarding where we're going to go on vacation, and things related to the kids and how we're going to how we're going to do holidays and, uh, and and lots of those things. But decisions should be made together. Okay, mm-hmm. I know some. Some have, might have the idea. Some guys might have the idea. So they say, well, since I'm the head of the home, I make all the decisions. Well, as the head of your home, utilize your wife. Because <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a poor decision for you to make all the decisions. Because guaranteed, some things she knows more about than you. And we just work better as a team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Most of the time, if you can't get into agreement, you should wait. Most of the time, if one person wants one, you know, we're going to buy this car, and one person is totally unsettled and uncertain and not sure if it's the right thing and another person wants it, I, I, I recommend waiting. I mean, have you really heard from God? And, and if it's not real, really super clear, why is one person uncertain about it? Yeah. And th- then it's not a problem, but make decisions together. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. It's biblical. Uh, amen. But at the same time, this is number five. I'm going ahead of you. Okay. You still maintain biblical order in the home.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not saying you throw out all biblical principles of structure and authority and those kind of things in the home. You still maintain biblical order. And so I don't abdicate my responsibilities as a, as a husband to my wife Did you say advocate or abdicate? Abdicate.
1: Sorry. I
0: advocate that you don't abdicate (laughs) your responsibilities as husband, as wife. I'm not saying, well, we have to make all decisions uh, together. Therefore, um, there's no more... Um, responsibility on me to hear from God, no more responsibility on me to lead in, 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 in the right direction. I'm not going to um, have my wife do everything spiritual. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but sometimes, guys, sometimes you do that. I say you because I don't do that. <laughs> I'd be nice and say we, but uh, sometimes you don't do that. Your wife does all the praying. You know, when, it's, when it comes to the kids and it's spiritual stuff, she's always taking the lead. And I don't blame her for that If because if you're not, then someone's got to do it. So, but it's not, it's not supposed to be that way. I, I need to take the responsibility for my home ultimately.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I give an account to the Lord for what I do. So I, I've got to have, you know, the spiritual goods and... Uh, And take my role and take my responsibility seriously.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my number five was to freedom. You have to give freedom for them to operate in their roles, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, and their giftings. And, um, you know, God is really smart. And he put a man and a woman together so that they could balance each other out. Because if it was all one, you know, if it was all man, it would be a little bit more logical. Like, you, you know, and, and if it was all woman, it would be all emotional. And I'm just, I mean, general generalizing. I know that not every man is like that. Not every woman is like that. But, but when God designed us, he was like, I should put them together. That would be amazing. And it is when we operate correctly. And I think sometimes, ladies, we have... Um, misunderstood. Maybe Maybe it was because oh, uh, we were around a man with bad marriage habits, but we've misunderstood the role of submission in our lives, and it's super healthy for us to submit to our husband and allow him to be the head of our home. And I'm going to be accountable to God someday for what he called me to do. So I need to get in the word. I need to find out what role a wife has in this marriage and I need to do that because that's what I'm going to answer for. I'm not going to answer for how I corrected him, how I made him do his role. I'm not responsible for his role. He's accountable to the Lord for what the Lord had called has called him to do in our marriage. So he needs to get in the word and find out what that looks like. What does it look like? And then I have freedom as a wife. It's like I don't, I don't have to step in. If, I feel, if, I, if it looks like to me that he's going to make the wrong decision, you know what? I don't have to correct because it's not my responsibility to make sure he makes the right decision. Now, if we're talking about it, we make a decision together. That's one thing. But it's, it's like I have to allow him the freedom to make a mistake. And he, I mean, he doesn't make very many mistakes, but I'm just saying that. I... I
0: But you're saying I've made one?
1: Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying that I have to allow you that freedom. It's not my job to make sure you do everything perfectly in your role in our marriage. And it's not your job to make sure I do everything perfectly. I'm responsible for me. (laughs) I'm a grown-up. I I am responsible and answerable to the Lord. And then that, you know, with roles, but also with gifts like The Lord has gifted each one of us, all of us. We have unique gifts, abilities, talents to use for the kingdom. And we have to allow our spouse to use what the Lord has gifted them with and operate in those gifts. And sometimes because they're not the way we're gifted, we can look at that and say, well, why are you doing that? No, we're not spending money on that. Or why, you know, instead of recognizing the hand of God in that gift, I mean, you know, as a wife, I could say, I don't really like that you're at church f- four, five, you know, four nights a, w- whatever, three nights a week or four nights a week or, you know, I I mean, I could be like, why are you doing that? Why are you always at church? Why are you, you know, you, you, why don't you just do what you need to do on the weekdays and don't go at night, you know, or something like that? Because his call, his gift and his call is teaching, pastoring, preaching, but, you know, he could say, Why are you always making crafts and giving food to people? <laughs> like, why, wh- you know, why-, why, you know? Here I am rowboat? wasting away. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's my, you know, I'm not saying that's my only <laughs> gift, but I'm just saying he could have, you know, because I like to do things for people, and he could have said, why are you always doing things for people? What, why not, you know, that? let's not waste our time on that. This is our family, our home. You could get territorial and say, no, do it my way. But we have to give, allow freedom to be able to operate in the gifts that we have, each other. That the gifts that our spouse has, I have to give him freedom to operate in that. And likewise, he's to give me freedom to operate in the gifts and use the talents I have for the kingdom.
0: Amen. Amen. Good.
1: Oh, I'm going twice in a row?
0: Yeah, you go again.
1: Okay. My number six is um, don't fixate or meditate on the negative. And I know sometimes it's super easy to, when something bugs you. Like, I can tend to be a little bit of a perfectionist, so when something isn't right, it's hard for me. Even with myself, even I get really frustrated when I don't, when I don't do something right or whatever, and it's hard to not constantly think about that. And um, I have a rule. This is my personal rule. You can adopt it if you want, but my rule is if I'm not willing to talk about it, then I don't get to be mad about it. So if something happens and it bugs me a little bit, and I'm not willing to have a conversation, then I have to let it go. I can't just fixate on it, because what sometimes we like to do is have conversations in our mind. Well, I would say this, and if you did this, then I would say this, and I can't believe you did that, and I would, you know, you, you play the conversation in your mind how you want it to happen, but then it never happens. But you're still thinking about it, and so, you know, and and what we think about and what we meditate on, we get more of. And so if there is something negative or wrong, it doesn't do us any good to keep replaying that tape in our mind. Tape. There's no tapes anymore, but you know, you know what I mean. The recording, <laughs> to play it over and over and over. And um, sometimes, you know, when things are bad, it's hard, it's, I'm not saying that we, we have have bad, but when things in life are bad, it's easy to think about, how, you know, like when they, what they say, when it rains, it pours. Well, yes and no, it's because when it's pouring, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at all the rain instead of looking for the sunshine in between. And so what we're looking at is what we're focusing on is what we're going to get more of. And so we don't want more negative in our, in our lives, in our marriage, in our families, and so it's important to, I think, I mean, I know you're going to talk a little bit about this more, but remember, like, if you're in a really bad place, remember what it was that attracted you in the first place. Start thinking about some of those things. What does your spouse do really well? What do you really love about them? Find some of those things and, and, and let the negative things go, because they're, they're going to hurt you more than what your spouse did to hurt you.
0: Yep. Yeah, even the best of husbands, the best of wives, uh, are not perfect, and they have negative elements to them. And some of the best marriages—they've just learned what to focus on. My my sixth point was almost identical to hers, and I just wrote it this way: look for the good. If you want to, this is a good habit: look for the good in the other person, and there it exists. Mm
1: -hmm. It does.
0: It exists. Uh, there's a bunch of good, even if all you can think about right now is the bad.
1: You said it better than me.
0: I did? Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's a really good quality you have, how you can compliment me like that. <laughs> Don't you think she's gifted in her, in her discernment to see that? <laughs> so don't be negative Nelly identify and celebrate your, your partner's good qualities mm-hmm. identify them what are they I mean it's not a bad idea especially if you're in a negative mode or mentality to actually write them down and make a list of all the things that you like all the things that are good godly attractive wonderful in that other person and don't make the other list right say well the other list populates itself <laughs> take it print it out and burn it seriously and say I'm gonna I'm not gonna think like that we're told in scripture to think on what's good mm-hmm. where does that apply I think it might apply here you know Philippians 4 put your mind on these things think on what is good and lovely and all these things what were we gonna say
1: Oh, I was just going to remind you of that story you were telling me earlier about the, the wife that wanted to leave her husband.
0: She he wanted to, give to get back more.
1: at him. She wanted to really Oh,
0: yeah. I, I've, I've used that in, in teaching before, so I can't tell the whole whole story, but the wife wanted to get... She was so upset and so bitter towards her husband, how he treated her and everything that he did wrong, that she... the The counselor said, well, if you really wanna, you know, he said, why don't you divorce him? She said, that's not enough. I really wanna hurt him. So he said, she, he told her, well, if you really wanna hurt him, do this, treat him like a king, do everything for him, compliment him, just make him so in love with you and then pull out the rug from underneath him once he really loves you, then tell him, I'm out of here. That'll really get him. So she did. She did. And she, all she did is help him and praise him and just serve him and do whatever he wanted all the time and just all, the, all this stuff. And when she uh, saw this person who gave her the advice later, she said, he said, well, so how'd it go? Are, are you divorced now? She said, are you kidding me? I don't want to get divorced. He's the best in, I've ever, he's the best thing in the world. She was so in love with him. In other words, her feelings followed her, her behavior.
2: Right.
0: We would call that faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You forgive by faith. You treat them nice and kind and everything and compliment them by faith.
2: Right.
0: Not by sight because in the moment, mm, you're not seeing it but you do it by faith. And what happens, you know, how the word works, you know, how life works. Feelings follow faith. Mm -hmm. They don't precede it. Well, when I feel it, I'll praise the Lord.
1: Right. When I see
0: the walls come down, then I'll shout. No, we turn things around, right? (laughs) Shout first.
1: We can't always control our situations, but we can always control our response to our situation. Yes. Always, we can control that.
0: Amen. Number seven, uh, Amy wanted this to be number one, but I'm just kidding. It's have sex regularly. (laughs) She didn't really say that. It's one of these points, though, that if you're really going to talk about a healthy marriage, you you're, you can't, you know. I know it's a subject all by itself, and there's a lot involved in that. But you're not gonna. I can't really leave that out. If you're gonna have a healthy marriage, you're gonna have a good sex life. Mm-hmm. You really do need to need need to have that. And I know there's. Uh, again, it can be such a big subject because there's there's extremes in that, and uh, extremes on both sides. I mean, uh, I remember one guy who. Uh, who called me quite a few years ago. He was probably in his late 20s, maybe 30, some, somewhere around there. And what he told me was, he said, yeah, he said, if, he, if you can give me an advi- any advice, he, he said, "My, uh, we have basically Sunday nights is our night. Sunday night, once a week. And he said, and she often tries to get out of that. He was not happy. I mean, he's, you know, Young, young: young, healthy male. <laughs> loves his wife. I mean, they didn't have a horrible relationship or anything like that, but the sex element was severely lacking, and that wasn't sufficient. And you know, and so I gave him some, some little bit of counsel and asked, some, asked a lot of questions without going into all that. but uh, at the other there's of course, extremes on the other side where people are just crazy, and they're just. I mean, they're just like an animal or something. And I mean, I'm just saying there are people out of balance on the other side, and and people who get all their their sexual stuff from porn, and even if they even if it's from the past, you know, before you became a Christian, you bring it into a Christian marriage, and it's it's wrong, Mm -hmm. and it's not healthy. And uh, you know, for the most part, I would say this. Come to an agreement. Come to an understanding. What is a healthy amount? What's the frequency that you both can be, you know, happy with or satisfied with? And please, come into agreement. That's a a big thing right there. And you always do whatever you do in love. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Remember, love is the law of the new covenant. The law is love that puts the other person first. It's not forcing people to do something. It's not making them, that's not love.
2: Right.
0: It's about giving and about serving. And so you have to work together in, in this regard to make things um, what they're supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Well, and also too, there could be, you know, hurts from the past or, or sure. things that have happened that cause people to have a really unhealthy view yeah. of sex. And I remember someone telling me years ago that they went their whole honeymoon and- and didn't have sex, didn't have sex on their honeymoon, didn't have sex before, you know, waited till they got married, then didn't. And it was because the wife just had a really, she felt like it was wrong and dirty, and for whatever reason, that happened. And so there are some greater conversations that need to happen in a marriage, because that's wrong to deprive your husband, especially on your honeymoon, good grief. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so, so, I mean, there, if there's, you know, if there are some things like that, you know, there, there, get some help if you need to. Yeah, or, but,
0: and there can be physical issues and all that kind right. of stuff. But it's, 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 make, it's, finding, it's making it a priority and say, we're going to solve whatever the problem is. Yes. We're yes. going to look to the Lord for healing, look to the Lord for help and, and wisdom because it's a priority to do that. And if it's one individual, that goes back to, you know, one of my earlier points about spirit uh, individually being strong. Personal victory, personally overcoming, then you come together and things are healthy.
1: Yeah.
0: Amen. So uh, let me give you let me give you a couple things. I
1: still have another one. You have another one. Yeah, my number seven. My number seven is to live with margin. Yes. Don't spend all of anything you have, like not your time, not your money, not your commitments. And um, I know we didn't always live like that. I mean, we you know there were there was times where Finances were pretty tight, but, and, th- and that's the, one of the number one things that people fight about in marriage, just in case you didn't know. And, um, and it, we made a decision that we're gonna start setting some money aside for earmarked for certain things, and it took, it takes so much pressure off when it comes time for that thing. Like when yep. that thing comes around, you're not like, oh, it doesn't feel like a downer because you have some money set aside and you, you, you're, you know, you're not gonna go broke for whatever that is. So don't spend all your money, but don't spend all your time either. It's not good, healthy for any marriage for you to be going 100% of the time or to, you know, live with a little bit of margin in your commitments. Don't say yes every time someone asks you to do something. Um, You know, you have to put some limits on what you're going to say yes to, what you're going to spend your time on. And even if it's a good Sometimes there's good things. You can fill your life with good things, but you still need that margin of, you just need time. You need, like we talked about earlier, spending time together. How could we spend time together if we're spending all, and we could spend all of our life ministering to people. And Mm -hmm. that would be good. It would be noble. Those are good pursuits. But it's not good pursuits when when we put it in the place of something that's more important.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good, margin, it's a good word. In all areas of life, have a little bit of space. A little bit of overflow. Yeah, emotionally, mm-hmm. in goodwill towards one another.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that emotional bank account, if you will. And uh, let me finish with a, a couple, um, avoid these, and then we're gonna have a time of prayer and communion, and the Spirit of God's gonna do something powerful. Okay? And uh, I, I would encourage you to avoid... I've got three things. Expectations. Avoid expectations. This is the mother of all disappointments. <laughs> when one person places all these expectations on the other, they ought to do, they're supposed to do, they have to do.
1: My mother did. My father <laughs> did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is the way all good people act. <laughs> and, uh, and you don't do this. But often these things take place... We put them on our spouses silently. We expect them to do something, but we don't tell them. We just expect them to do it. So when they don't do it, we're just highly disappointed.
2: Mm-hmm. We're not
0: going to tell them, we're not going to talk to them about it, we're not going to communicate. Uh, we're just going to be upset. They should know. After all these years, you should know. <laughs> Isn't it just common sense? Doesn't everybody do this? Isn't this just being a Christian? And uh, so it it, it goes to many areas. Sometimes it goes to things like holidays and stuff or not even holidays, but birthdays and anniversaries and
1: Valentine's
0: Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, Father's Day, all that kind of stuff where you expect them to do something for you. And if they don't measure up, to your expectation, you're disappointed or upset.
1: Or or they didn't one-up the last year.
0: Yeah. I just think that's a losing battle. I mean, how long are you gonna live where you gotta do something better every year? (laughs) So anyway, just for, for us, like for those type of things, our expectations are really low. Does that sound bad? I mean…
1: Well, we just don't expect any. We don't, we, we don't have huge expectations of…
0: Yeah. If there were no gift, I don't think either of us would really care. We wouldn't be mad at each other. No. Maybe if we forgot a birthday, I don't know, but we probably would get over it like that because we're strong.
1: <laughs> well, and we don't, ha- we don't, like, I know, I've had people ask me about this, it just popped into my head, about birthdays and celebrating on that day. And it's like, you know, you're, the whole world has to stop because like your it's your Sunday. birthday. <laughs> and it's like, we, we've never been like that. It's it's like, well, well, maybe we'll get to it eventually or someday, you know, we know, we'll do something. But it's like the world doesn't end because it didn't happen on my birthday.
0: Right. Yeah. And anniversaries are the same way yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, we celebrate them. Don't get me wrong. We're not anti all that stuff. We celebrate on some level. Yeah. Just not real. It's not real, really a setup for disappointment when you think that way. But it happens with other things. Again, it goes, you could talk about sex again. We might as well, huh? <laughs> but expectations that aren't communicated or just mm-hmm. all these things, and then it leads to disappointment, and you should do this, and why don't you do this, and all, all this kind of stuff, and just back it way down. Then when someone does something for you, uh, it's, hey, praise God. It's a blessing. Then you're yeah. thankful.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, the second one is you want to avoid secret communications with other people, with other women, other men. That's a bad habit. If you're on social media and you're having private messages and direct messages and all that stuff with, uh, with other people and your spouse doesn't know about it, talking about opposite sex, uh, even if it's innocent, well, they're an old friend. No, no, no. No, no old friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, we don't have, I don't have, I don't have women friends. She didn't have man friends. Nope. Now, we, ha- we would have friends. I don't mean I'm not friends with Wimba, but I would consider it we're friends with her, mm-hmm. not just me. You know, I-, I don't mean, I just mean there's not private conversations going on that she wouldn't know about. You, you know what I'm saying? That's just, you're getting ready to go to a hotel.
1: <laughs> yeah, even if you don't well, plan it. Even if that's never in your mind when you start.
0: Yeah, but often it is, you just won't admit it. It's there, and you're flirting. It feels good. Feels good because someone's paying attention to you or likes you or something like that. So set up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Fifty percent of your check. <laughs> <laughs> About to go away.
1: <laughs> oh, it's an expensive hotel room. So
0: if you're on social media, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you're on social media and stuff, your spouse should be able to see all that if they want to. Now, I don't mean, you may not even need to. I mean, Amy's not asking to see mine, but she can anytime she wants, right? You know my password?
1: I could probably figure it out.
0: You probably can. (laughs) Um, And then uh, avoid this as well. Avoid public corrections. Don't make your spouse ever look bad in front of other people.
1: Yeah.
0: That is not helpful. That doesn't add to any emotional bank account. <laughs> no. When you correct them and, you know, correct their, their, their story or put them down in some way in front of other people. You don't want to do it really by yourselves either, but you can, sometimes you have real disagreements and you can have conversations in love and respect of one another, but definitely don't... Um, don't do that in front of other people and make them look bad and humiliate them and, and, and so forth. Um, I just want to encourage everybody uh, tonight, uh, humble yourself. Apologize when you need to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then have makeup sex. <laughs> <laughs> You know that's how it works. <laughs> um, but seriously, could you write anything down? Could you write anything down that you would like to do different? Could you identify even, even one thing from tonight that you say, I should do this more? I should do this less. Or I should maybe stop, but, you know, making progress. I, I shouldn't do this. I should do this more. Because what we want is healthy habits. Yeah. Just to do things habitually. It's not all negative. It's not all secretive necessarily. Sometimes it's just, yeah, that's a good idea. I think that would long term be a good practice to have working in our relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's going to add to us, not take away. If you can identify something, be very specific and put it into practice. Amen. Now, in conclusion, Tonight, uh, one of the things I, b- I believe was uh, was a God element to this evening. And I believe it's going to be very powerful. You might have noticed our communion elements up in the front. Um, is that we want to receive the communion elements together? Now everybody can participate. Um, it's going to have a special impact and effect upon husbands and wives. Okay, but as you know, communion is obviously not a marriage thing per se. Uh, it's an everybody in the body of Christ thing. And so let's have our, have our ushers uh, begin to distribute the elements and uh, as, uh, do that as, as promptly as possible without spilling. And I would like everybody to um, take the bread and then the cup and hold on to them course, you'll get the bread first, otherwise you'll spill the cup, (laughs) Uh, and you'll you'll hold on to them, and so we can all do this together. Mm -hmm. Amen? Now, a couple of the things that I want you to, could we have our keyboards, Uh, uh, keyboard player come and minister? Um, One of the things that we want to be aware of a couple of the things our standard communion business and that has to do with uh, what the the bread and the cup represent of course they do represent the body of our Lord and the and the blood of the Lord Jesus shed for us we know for all of us that represents our physical redemption the healing of our bodies it represents the covenant, that the, the, the blood covenant that we have with the Lord Jesus. And of course, his blood was shed to wash away our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There are other elements to this that I want you to see as well. Um, it's very difficult to, to have a conversation with the Lord about Jesus forgiving you. while you're holding something against your spouse. And saying, thank you, Lord, your blood has washed me clean. You have forgiven me of every guilt and stain and every bit of shame and wrongdoing. And then you're holding it against someone else. That doesn't work too well, does it? It doesn't. And at the same time, uh, when we receive the bread, we know the part about our physical redemption. But in the Scriptures, it was very much used to describe the body of Christ and how they treat one another
2: mm-hmm.
0: in 1 Corinthians 11. They weren't doing it right there, so they were getting rebuked over their communion taken. That's because they, they didn't recognize the body of Christ. What do you mean? Or discern it. They weren't discerning each other. Now, husbands and wives, you're married to someone who's also a part of the body of Christ. That's a very holy thing. I mean, no, you don't mess with the Lord's body. You treat it in high regard. One of the things we're all told to do, this is for all of us, we're all told to, to hold in, in esteem and value the gifts, value the places that God has placed every one of us in. That's also true about your spouse. They're not just your spouse. They're also, spiritually now, in the family, they're your brother and sister in Christ. And so there's a recognition even in our communion about that truth and that element. When we receive these, these things to, together today, um, we, can, we can put a stop to the enemy's activity against our homes. All the victory that we have in Christ is found in what he did on the cross, and that's what we're celebrating, his body, his blood. What are we, what are we saying when we receive of the bread and, the, and of the cup today? We're saying, I'm drawing a bloodline around our, around our family. Like in the Old Testament, when they painted the doorposts with, with the blood of the animal, in Egypt to protect from, the, from the, the judgment there. We can say that about our own selves. There are natural things, that's what we focused on tonight, practices, habits, behaviors, things we say, things we shouldn't say. There are also elements to this, you know what, it's spiritual in nature. And what we need is the Spirit of God to heal, to heal marriages, to heal emotions. What we need is, is uh, we have this advantage by knowing the Lord, is that marriages and families can be and ought to be centered on Jesus. It's more than what we have in common. Beyond that, it is, it is what... Uh, it is it is our union with him it's not just what we have in common it's what we have in common not we both like certain foods and activities and we can get along and we have jesus in common he's the center he's the focus and when we keep that in the middle it's not only to the delivering power the protecting power the healing power it's the unifying factor in our in our in our marriages.